When everyone's on the same page, getting things done at work is easy. Make a bigger impact at work with Grammarly. Grammarly is your secure AI writing partner that allows your team to make their point and move faster. You can even save time by going from spending hours editing drafts to just seconds. Join the 96% of Grammarly users that say it helps them craft more impactful writing. Sign up and download Grammarly for free at Grammarly.com slash podcast. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Are you kidding me? You are looking live. Winning cures everything. Now for your hosts, Gary and Chris. Welcome in, Winning Cures Everything. It is the Tuesday, August 2nd edition of the show. And today, we are discussing the SEC West. I'm not going to waste your time, but you guys know exactly what to do. If you are watching the show live, go ahead and like the video for me. That would certainly help. And subscribe to the channel if you've not already subscribed to the podcast as well. Leave a nice five-star written review. And uh, and go check out the website, winningcureseverything.com. I've got my best college football podcasts for the 2022 season listed over there. So go ahead and check that out as well. Along with it, um, no, along with nothing. How about that? Let's go ahead and dive into this thing. We're going to start it off early. The Alabama Crimson Tide. Now, we are jumping into the SEC West here, and last year, 13-2, and two, uh, should have been a rebuilding year, but alas, uh, found a way to get to the national championship game again. I, I don't know exactly how they continue to do this, but uh, it is what it is. Really well-coached team. You guys saw it for yourself last year. You see a lot of green on that screen as far as the analytical numbers. Uh, rushing success was number 22, even though they didn't have much of an offensive line to rush behind and they lost the majority of their running backs early in the season. Uh, They were down to two when you got to the national championship game. So PPA margin was number four, uh, rushing success number 22, passing success number 30. Uh, Defensive PPA per drive was very much improved in Pete Golding's third season, so uh, up to number five at that point, rushing success rate number 11. Secondary was kind of questionable, number 47 in passing success rate allowed. Uh, let's start off with the offense here. Bill O'Brien enters his second year. They do have a new offensive line coach, Eric Wolford from Kentucky. They've got a lot of experience back, although they do lose Evan Neal, and that's going to be a huge loss at the tackle spot. Now, they have recruited well at that spot. J.C. Latham, uh, Brockermeyer, etc. Those guys haven't exactly come on yet, but all indications out of training camp seem that they're going to be fine. So we'll see. Heisman Trophy quarterback Bryce Young is back again. Full year of experience under his belt, so that certainly is good. Uh, of the 60 players that had 30-plus receptions, only the tight end Cameron Latu returns. Now, they do have a bunch of uh, transfer wide receivers coming in, etc., so that that could help. Jameer Gibbs comes in, running back from Georgia Tech, so he's going to help. Uh, he'll take over for Brian Robinson, and he does things a lot differently than what Robinson did last year. So he's a speedy guy, very fast, etc. I think you're going to see big things out of him. Uh, the Wide receivers Burton and Harrell uh, from Georgia and Louisville, respectively, they transfer in. Uh, You got another year with the wide receivers Brooks, Earl, Holden, etc. You got a slew of running backs coming back. Uh, Offense should not be an issue this year. Should not be an issue, but we shall see. Uh, Along with that, let's talk about the defense. Uh, Pete Golding got 12 players back this year that had 300-plus snaps. You got six of them that are defensive backs. So I don't know if that's good or bad. 
Uh, we'll talk about the secondary here in just a minute. They were number 74 in points per scoring opportunity. So anytime somebody got within the 40-yard line, uh, defense was not able to get stops as well. Uh, they they were able to stop people from getting within the 40 uh, pretty often. But once they got down there, they were able to score at a pretty high rate. Uh, Will Anderson Jr. and Dallas Turner are back. Uh, best pass rushing duo in the country. Henry Toa Toa is back to lead the linebacker core. There's not a lot of experience at linebacker. That hasn't necessarily mattered in the past, but obviously we will see. Defensive line brings back four players with 282-plus snaps. A lot of upperclassmen. They were great against the run last year, number seven in stuff rate, number three in rushing PPA. The question here is, can the defensive backs improve the number 47 passing success rate when you lose your top two cornerbacks? Now, obviously, you're bringing in Eli Ricks. You're bringing in, um, or not bringing in, but you've got Kool-Aid McKinstry going into his second season. Obviously, there's talent, but we will see exactly what it looks like. Uh, this team projected to be a favorite in all 12 games. Um, only one is projected to be a one-score game, and that's a game that is within eight points. Uh, this team looks dominant. They are completely loaded. Uh, as far as the blue-chip ratio, 90% of their players are either four or five stars. Uh, let's talk about keys to the season. Uh, well, the win total here, 10.5. It's juiced to the over at minus 250. Uh, to win the conference, minus 135. That's kind of ridiculous. Division odds, minus 425. Like, this is... Uh, it almost seems like a no-brainer, but you never know with these things, right? Keys to the season. Can the offensive line coaching change provide more consistency in protection for Bryce Young? And how does Young gel with a new skill talent? Because you got new skill guys everywhere. Um, along with that, I mean, you, you've got the running backs. Can they stay healthy this year? Uh, McClellan uh, went out with an injury last year. And just all, all kinds of stuff. Uh, Rodell Williams went out with an injury. you got to get those guys to stay healthy. Gibbs is here. Trey Sanders missed a lot of time in the past. Um, you know, both McClellan and Williams played just over 100 snaps last year. They were expected to be a big part of that offense, and you had to lean on Brian Robinson towards the end of the season. What can you expect from the secondary? They were number 50 in 20-plus yard passes allowed. They allowed 39. And then, of course, as I mentioned, they lost their top two cornerbacks. So there are questions here. It's not like this team is loaded everywhere. There's there's questions to go along with it. Outside of the questions, I've still got Alabama going 12-0. I expect them to win the conference. I expect them to head to the playoff, be the number one seed, etc. Uh, this team is loaded. I mean, they are just loaded uh, with a ton of talent, and you know what you're going to get from a Nick Saban coached football team. Bottom line. Bottom line. We'll move on to the Ole Miss Rebels and Ole Miss. Lane Kiffin last year, 10-2 and in the regular season. Of course, Matt Corral gets hurt in the Sugar Bowl, and they end up losing that one. Uh, post-game win expectancy for them last year was actually 9-3 and as opposed to 10-2. and but, uh, but they got that win, so it is what it is. Returning production is number 111 here, so that's definitely not good. But they they maybe rectified that with a really good transfer class. Um, as far as roster strength, I mean, they're number 17 in the country. Defense, number 27. That's still not great in the SEC, but, uh, but pretty good overall nationally. Uh, their rushing success rate was putrid last year, number 120. Just awful. Uh, but all the offensive numbers were good. Offensive numbers were definitely awesome. Uh, we'll start off with the offense. You are changing OC. Jeff Lebby leaves for Oklahoma. That brings in Charlie Weiss Jr. and John David Bakers. They're going to continue this up-tempo pace. They were number four in offensive plays per game last year. They were only number 58 in points per play. 
So something to look out for. They run a lot of plays, but they don't necessarily score a ton. So USC transfer quarterback Jackson Dart didn't exactly pull away from Luke Altmaier in the uh, in the spring. The running back room lost Connor and Ely, but they do bring in Zach Evans and Ulysses Bentley the fourth. The offensive line does look stacked here. Uh, four new transfer wide receivers to pair along with Jonathan Mingo, who's going to be the uh, the bell cow of the wide receiver core for sure. Uh, along with that, they're going to have to improve number 70 in points per scoring opportunity. Again, that is drives inside the 40-yard line. Uh, you got to be able to score when you get down there. I mean, bottom line, Ole Miss has got to be able to score when they get those opportunities, and they just didn't last year. Uh, moving over to the defense, you are losing your defensive coordinator. DJ Durkin heads over to Texas A&M. So now you have Maurice Crum and Chris Partridge. Um, at least four of the eight defensive transfers could start. There are several good returning players. Uh, you got defensive end Johnson. You got the defensive back Reese and and another Johnson there. Uh, defense was number five, uh, 115 in total scoring opportunities, but number 44 in points per scoring opportunity. This is the definition of a bend-don't-break defense. Now, will they continue that this year? Uh, they were able to get some turnovers in their own territory last year. Um, I'm curious. I'm really curious. They are projected favorites in eight games. Looking at the win total here, seven and a half. It's juiced to the over at minus 140. Conference odds, they are 40 to 1. To win the division, they are 14 to 1. Keys to the season here. They went for it in FBS high 40 times last year. They converted 60% of them. Will they be as aggressive if the quarterback play is not up to the corral levels? Uh, quarterback is everything when it comes to Lane Kiffin's offense. What does the offense look like without Jeff Levy? That's the other question. Levy, widely known to be kind of a de facto head coach in Oxford. Uh, new offense coordinator, transfer skill talent everywhere. How is this going to gel? That's another key to the season. And this other part, defense was kind of turning under Durkin. Uh, the depth still looks like it's recovering from probation, though. And as strong as the numbers say, as far as roster strength, again, it's not great for the SEC. How big of a loss is a guy like defensive end Sam Williams and the linebacker Chance Campbell? That's another key to the season here. I've got them going over the win total. I've got them at 8-4. and four. Uh, I've got, you know, wins in all four of the non-conference games. I don't think you're going to have any real trouble, maybe at Georgia Tech, but it shouldn't be an issue. Uh, Troy's going to be interesting with John Summerall's first game there. Uh, along with that, I've got a loss to Kentucky. I've got a loss to LSU, a loss at Texas A&M, and I've got a loss to Alabama. But that includes wins uh, against Auburn, a win at Arkansas. I mean, these are these are tough games, very, very tough games. But I kind of trust Lane Kiffin to get this thing done. Uh, eight and four seems pretty reasonable to me. Uh, I think I think fans in Oxford would be really happy with an eight and four season, especially with Jackson Dart coming in and all that new skill talent trying to find a, a way to gel, maybe. Uh, but tough road, tough road games at Texas A&M, at Arkansas. Uh, you do have Vandy thrown in there at LSU. Could be very interesting with you know their first trip to visit Brian Kelly. Eh, we'll see. We'll see. They could certainly win those games that I've got losses. They could lose some of those games that I've got as wins. So anywhere between six and six and eight and four looks to be about right. Um, but I've got them at eight and four. So I've, I've got them going over slightly, but it is what it is. Moving on from there, the Arkansas Razorbacks. Now, Arkansas. Interesting, interesting team here because their schedule is ridiculously tough. I mean, just ridiculous. Um, 
let me go on and pull up the stats here. Sam Pittman, of course, went nine and four last year. That included a big time bowl win over Penn State last year. Uh, looking at this, uh, the offensive coordinator Kendall Bryles, it, you're going to have to figure out what you're going to do with the wide receiver position. Jaden Hazelwood comes in. Can he take over the production that Traylon Burks left? They're not the same build wide receiver. They're not the same guy. But maybe you can find a way to make that work. Uh, the quarterback, K.J. Jefferson, had 2,600-plus passing yards last year, 800-plus non-sack rushing yards. He was number 10 in QBR. Uh, he's if, – if anybody's underrated as far as a quarterback in this conference, I think it's got to be him. You got three of your top four running backs coming back. You got four offensive line starters back. But you do lose three of those top four wide receivers. Now, this is a team that likes to run the football quite a bit. Uh, their run rate was 65%. That's number eight in FBS. Uh, but they were number 81 on success rate on passing downs. Um, you, if you're, you got to be better at at that, right? It, with with KJ Jefferson being number 10 in QBR, but number 81 success rate on passing downs, they couldn't get it done when people knew that they were going to pass the ball. So you got to try and stay out of those situations. Uh, question here: What are they going to do with Malik Hornsby? Uh, he's too fast to keep off the field, but you can't play him a quarterback because KJ Jefferson's been too good. So, obviously, I think they're going to put him at wide receiver. you got to have him on the field. Uh, as far as defense, Barry Odom uh, has worked wonders with this defense over the last two seasons. Uh, you got a few big-time playmakers, but almost an entirely new unit, really going to rely on talented transfers coming in. Defensive end, Dominic, the linebacker, Sanders, the cornerback, McLaughlin from LSU. Uh, you got a lot of transfers coming in. Defensive tackle, Nichols, the linebackers, Bumper Pool, and Williams, cornerback, Bishop, the safety, Catalan, they're all back. They are all going to play major roles as leaders on this defense. They were number 11 in points per scoring opportunity, number 25 in defensive PPA. Team's pretty good. Like, they, they got some dudes. You just got to hope everybody else falls in line. Uh, They're projected favorites in only six games, which was surprising to me. But when you look at this schedule, maybe it shouldn't have been that surprising. I mean, it is, it's kind of crazy. Uh, on offense, like looking at the keys to the season here, yeah, you know, let's start off with win total. Win total seven and a half is juiced to the under at minus one forty-five. So to go over is plus one fifteen. I kind of like the over here. Let's uh, let's talk about the keys to the season on offense. They were number twenty-three at avoiding third downs, number thirty average third down distance. Uh, that's seven point six yards. But even with that short distance, they were number ninety in third down conversions. Like, are you going to get uh, are you going to get improvement at that position? Along with that, Odom shifted the culture on the defense. It loses your top run stopper, your top pass rusher. Are they going to keep playing above their talent level? Uh, I mean, obviously, the talent level has improved. But, you know, again, schedule, brutal. Non-con of Cincy, Missouri State, which I'm very excited to see Bobby Petrino coming back. Uh, at BYU, and then you got Liberty. Like, those are all really well-coached teams. You could lose any of them. Uh, weeks four through seven are going to kind of tell the tale of the season. At that, in that spot, you've got A&M, Alabama, at Mississippi State, and at BYU. If you can go 2-2 two and two there, I think you're feeling really good about yourself. Really, really good. Uh, I've got them at 8-4. and four. I, I really like this team. I like what Sam Pittman's doing. This is a well-coached football team. Like I, I like Arkansas quite a bit. So I, I expect big things out of them again. Uh, they are just they're upping the talent level. Big time. Uh, returning production here is 70, number 78 in the country, 59%. You know, uh, defense doesn't return a lot. But again, a lot of transfers coming in. I, uh, I think they're going to be great. I think I think the defense is going to be really good because I trust Barry Odom. 
I really trust Odom. So, uh, so we'll go with uh, with those guys there on that. Now, with that said, uh, eight and four for Arkansas, eight and four for Ole Miss, twelve and zero for Alabama. I am, you know, we're going to go ahead and hit an ad, and then we'll hit Mississippi State and Texas A&M on the backside. Let's take a break from the show for just a minute to give you some info on things you should know about. Visit winningcureseverything.com to find everything you need to know about us, including full shows in video or podcast form, our gambling picks, our store, the gear we use, and more. Subscribe to us on YouTube to get not only the full shows, but individual segments along with other goodies as well. We're over 5,600 subscribers right now, and our goal by the end of football season is 7,500. If you haven't already, subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or whatever's your favorite podcast app. And if your app allows it, leave a five-star written review. Visit the Winning Cures Everything web store to get all kinds of football shirts, hats, hoodies, coffee mugs, and more. You can visit winningcureseverything.com slash store and see what all we've added. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Get ahead of postage rate increases this year with Stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM. And now, back to the show. All right, we're going to move into the Mississippi State Bulldogs. And this is a team that uh, a lot of people seem to really, really like. Uh, Mike Leach doing pretty awesome things there but I, I gotta tell you the the talent differential just looks to be kind of massive when it comes to this schedule uh we're going to pull up the stats here went seven and six last year uh, that included a big bowl loss to texas tech in the liberty bowl uh postgame win expectancy last year was about exactly what you would expect six and six uh their projected sp plus record is seven and five here let's go on and start off with the offense not exactly explosive. I'll say that. Uh, third year in the system with Mike Leach is going to be big. Efficiency, great. Big play is not so much. Uh, passing rate of 72.21% was number one in FBS. They ranked number six in passing success rate. They were number 10 in overall success rate, but only number 86 in points per play. So they were not explosive at all. They ran a lot of plays. They were able to get down the field. Couldn't get the ball in the end zone. Will Rogers. I would imagine is going to be awesome with another year of experience in that Leach offense. The wide receiver core is loaded. You got Wally, Williams, et cetera, running backs, Marks, and Johnson. They can catch the ball quite a bit out of the backfield. Moving over to the defense, Zach Arnett, his 33-5 has helped Leach just a ton, a ton. Uh, number 26 in scoring opportunities, but they were number 90 in points per. So once people got inside the 40-yard line, they were going to score, period. Uh, 80% returning production as far as the defense goes. That's tops in the SEC. It's number 14 overall nationally. Defense was only number 109 and half a great, but they were number 32 in stuff rate. So they could stop the run for sure. The front six here in that 3-3-5 defense is going to be stocked with talent. Again, number 80 in tackles for loss, number 65 in sacks. They were only number 75 in takeaways per game. Uh, will the defense be willing to take more risks this year? They were not super aggressive last year, and I guess I understand that based on the type of offense that they run, right? Uh, they're projected favorites in six games. you got six games that are toss-ups. Now, toss-ups to me are games that are 
uh, projected to be within eight points. So a one-score game. Win total sits at six and a half. The over is minus 130. The under is plus 100. Uh, the conference odds to win 125 to one, uh, to win the division 66 to one. Let's talk about keys to the season here. They lead the SEC with 16 returning starters. Rodgers great on offense, but do they have the one guy that you're worried about, either on offensive line or wide receiver? When they lost uh, Makai Polk, they lose Charles Cross. Like those guys were huge for this team. Arnett knows not to be too aggressive with the leech offense on the other side, but you know, with cornerback Forbes and and all the talent that they've got in the secondary, can you dial up some more aggressive plays? Can you be more risky? There's only two games on the schedule that are surefire wins. Uh, kicking last year was number 124 in field goal percentage. I mean, that's they were 14 out of 25. You got a new kicker coming in, Massimo Biscardi from Coastal Carolina. He was number 32 in that same metric that Mississippi State was number 124 in. So we'll hope that the kicking game uh, improves. I've got Mississippi State at 6-6. Six and six. I'm hoping for better things because I do really like Mike Leach. But, whew, uh, that is, I mean, it's just a rough schedule. I've got a loss to LSU. I've got a loss to A&M, Arkansas, Alabama, Georgia, and Ole Miss. Now, could they beat Ole Miss? Yeah. Could they beat A&M? Yeah, they did last year. Uh, could they beat Arkansas? Absolutely. I mean, they've got those two games at home. Uh, the LSU game early. Going down to see Brian Kelly? Yeah. I don't think you're going to out-talent LSU, but you could find a way to maybe get that win. Uh, but there's some of these that I've got as wins that could certainly be losses as well. I've got a win at Kentucky. I've got a win against Auburn. Um, you know, I've got a win over Memphis in the first game. I think they should handle Memphis, but that's a, a tricky game at Arizona in week two. I've got that as a win. Again, Arizona, bunch of new guys. We'll see. We'll see what happens with that. Moving along, we're jumping into Texas A&M now. And A&M... This is another tricky, tricky spot because talent-wise, I mean, they are way, way up there. But, again, that schedule. That schedule is really difficult. Uh, let's open up the uh, the stats on them. Jimbo Fisher went 8-4 and four last year. Uh, quarterback play was bleh. Their offensive PPA per drive last year was number 93. Number 27 in rushing success rate. Um and then they just were not explosive. They were number 73 in passing success rate. Like, there's a lot of questions here. Uh, the OC, Daryl Dickey, has been there since Jimbo was hired. Uh, by the way, offense number 81 in returning production in the country, number 91 in returning production on defense. But again, number one recruiting class, you're going to expect some of those guys to jump in immediately. Average QBR last year was number 100 in FBS, just two spots ahead of Navy. Uh, that's not where you want to be. So now you got new guys in. You got Max Johnson coming in from LSU. You got Haynes King, who spent most of last year injured. And you got the freshman Connor Wiegman. Um, they were number 98 in passing PPA last year. You got to hope that any of those guys could be better. Uh, the running back, A Chain, returns seven yards per rush. He isn't big, though. He's 5'9, 185. Offensive line does return four guys with 300 plus snaps. Outside of Anaya Smith, what skill player or tight end scares you? Like, maybe Evan Stewart, uh, he's incoming freshman wide receiver. Um, let's talk about the defense. DJ Durkin takes over for Mike Elko, who left for the Duke head coaching job. DJ Durkin uh, was able to do some impressive things with Ole Miss, and now, of course, he's walking in with a ton more talent here. Uh, they've had, you know, it, Durkin had top 10 defenses at 
Michigan, at Florida, et cetera. So, like, when he's got talent, he's been pretty good. Defensive line got five guys with 142-plus snaps. Uh, three of them have 168 and less. Like, that's not good. Um, nobody has more than 326 snaps on that defensive line, but there is a ton of talent. Linebacker, you only really got two experienced guys. The secondary is loaded. You got four guys with 700-plus snaps. What is the defense going to look like without Oko? That's my question. Uh, how different is Durkin going to call this defense? Like He's got a ton of talent to work with, but how different will it be, and how long will it take them to get acclimated because that non-conference schedule is pretty rough. Like They'll be able to hammer Sam Houston State. App State, I would imagine they'll be able to run all over. But then you got Florida coming in in week three, and then you got Arkansas in week four. Uh, UMass, of course, late in the season. That should be an easy win. Is this team a year away? That's my question here. Uh, they beat Bama, but they lost to Ole Miss and Mississippi State last year. Like You're being paid to be better than that. Uh, they're protected favorites in 11 games. I think a lot of that has to do with talent. you got eight games that are toss-ups, though. And, again, toss-ups, if you're new to the show – any game that is projected to be within one score. So the win total sits at 8.5. Uh, the over is minus 155. The under is plus 125. 14-1 to one to win the conference. 5.5 to 1 uh, plus 550 to win the division. And, you know, I'm looking at this. Is this team a year away? Right? That's that's my question here. You need the quarterback to hit. Uh, in order for that to happen, you've got to have somebody besides Anaya Smith step up at wide receiver. Like, you got to be a little more explosive. Offense was number 54 in pass rate. They were number 94 in percentage passing yards of total yards. Like, that's not good. Number 92 in 20-plus yard passing plays. Defense could see a ton of freshmen playing early. Uh, the schedule before the bye week is pretty rough. Like, weeks two through six are going to tell us what this team is. Like, looking at the fundamentals, like, they could certainly be better at that. And, and last year might have just been a quarterback thing, but penalties per game is number 93. Turnover margin, number 72. Uh, they were number 61 in giveaways per game. So on top of that, like for your turnover margin to be number 72, if you're number 61 in giveaways per game, uh, you're probably not doing so hot as far as takeaways per game. So you got to be kind of aggressive as far as that goes. you got a lot of talent now. You can be risky. And, yeah, while I know the schedule is tough, like I like A&M. I like talent. You you guys know that I tend to side with talent more than anything else. Uh, I've got A&M going 10-2 and two this year. I really, really like the Aggies and how they have built this roster. Uh, if you've got a strong defensive line, which I assume that they do, uh, based on the talent alone, I think they're going to be awesome. Like I think this team will be really, really good. I've got a loss at Auburn, which there's always one inexplainable loss somewhere. Uh, and then I've got a loss at Alabama. Like I, I expect them to start five and zero, and then when they get to Alabama, when they get to Tuscaloosa on October eighth, I think it's going to be nuts, absolutely nuts. All right, let's hit one more ad, and then we're going to talk about Auburn and LSU on the backside. Let's take a break from the show for just a minute to give you some info on things you should know about. Follow the show on Twitter at Winning Cures, or you can follow the guys at Gary WCE and at Chris B Giannini. Or you can also follow us on Facebook. If you want more content from me, Gary, visit BetUSTV.com. I host the How to Gamble on Sports show and, from August through January, the BetUS College Football Show. You can subscribe to both on YouTube. Got your own podcast or web show? Looking to start one? Or you're just curious how we look and sound so good? 
Well, we've got all the gear that we use listed on our gear page on the website. If you order using our links, you'll be supporting the show too. If you're interested in advertising on a show that reaches over 80,000 unique football fans per month during the season, send an email to Gary at winningcureseverything.com and we'll put together a plan that best fits you or your business. And now, back to the show. All right, we're moving into the Auburn Tigers. And what an off-season it has been for Brian Harson. Obviously, we talked about it a lot on the show but, uh, but now it is time to talk actual football. What can we expect from Auburn this year? They went 6-7 and seven last year, started out 6-2, and two, lost their last five. They are number 100 in returning production. That is 55%. Uh, still a lot of talent here, although it is spaced out into different segments of the team, right? Different positions have a ton more talent than others. Uh, looking at the numbers from last year, the offense was not great, and a lot of that had to do with Bo Nix going down. But when it comes to it, I mean, the defense was great. Defense was really, really good under Derek Mason. Uh, the passing success was not awesome, but regardless, we'll get there. We'll start off with the offense here. Eric Keesaw was Harson's OC at Boise, but, you know, three offensive coordinator hires in one calendar year is not good. I mean, that just ain't good at all. The passing rate was 50.67%, number 30 in FBS, but the passing PPA was number 101. Why would you continue doing something that was not working? Rushing PPA was number 52, and yet rush rate was number 101. They could have leaned more, I think, on Tank Bigsby, et cetera. Some of those games that they lost, especially against South Carolina, et cetera, probably could have run the ball even more than you did. Uh, I would imagine this year they will lean on Tank Bigsby quite a bit, especially while quarterback gets settled. You got Zach Calzada, the transfer from A&M. You got TJ Finley. And then you got Robbie Ashford, who just outperformed everybody in spring, at least in the spring game. Um, But he was a backup at Oregon, and I would imagine he starts number three. I mean, who knows? You got five offensive linemen back with 350-plus snaps. You got uh, wide receivers here that don't exactly scare anybody, or at least have not to this point. But we'll see. I mean, obviously, kids have developed at the skill positions under Harson in the past at Boise. We'll see what happens. As far as the defense goes, new defense coordinator is Jeff Schmetting. He was the defense coordinator at Boise. So now you've basically got the entire Boise crew now down in Auburn. So we'll we'll see what that looks like. You lose the cornerbacks McCreary and Monday. Transfers and returning guys should fill in pretty well uh, as far as that goes. Uh, you got six guys with 400-plus snaps. They're going to be playing... They weren't great last year. You got to imagine they'll be better than number 91 passing success rate this year. Defensive line loaded with defensive ends. You got Hall, Wooden, etc. cetera. Uh, 31 tackles for loss, 21 sacks last year. The linebackers, you do lose your leaders there in McLean and Wooten, and you got very little experience, but there's definitely talent. I mean, there is definitely talent when it comes to this. Uh, Defense was number 10 in rushing PPA, but number 39 in passing PPA. That's what you got to clean up as the secondary. This team is a projected favorite in six games. And obviously, early in the offseason, you look at this team and you're thinking, you know, this is a team that I would imagine uh, would have trouble making it to a bowl game. But it seems like with everything that has come out of Auburn, it seems like everybody is kumbaya everybody's pulling together uh maybe not the boosters but certainly the players and the coaches everybody seems to be on the same page uh keys to the season here well let's jump into win totals first win total six and a half 
the over is plus 130 and the under is minus 160. I found that strange, especially with the number of uh, home games that they've got. Conference odds, 125 to 1. Division odds, 80 to 1. Uh, there's only four road games, uh, but, you know, yes, we talk about Auburn having a great home field advantage, etc. This team is only three and four straight up as a home underdog um, in the last, what, four years? Like, they don't, they're not in that position often, but I would expect them to be in that position quite a bit this year based on A&M coming to town, Arkansas coming to town, uh, Penn State, etc. Like, it's, I expect some, some rough stuff. Uh, they do play at Georgia. They do play at Alabama. I don't expect wins there, but regardless, um, does promoting two of his Boise staff, does that help Parson? Does it make him more comfortable? Like, is he, is he happier doing it this way? Uh, was he doing things last season that he didn't want to do based on that coaching staff? I wouldn't imagine that there was anything going on defensively that he was upset about because Derek Mason, uh, I mean, he's the one that, that got them to a bowl game last year. I mean, that defense was really, really good. Even with McCreary and Smoke Monday gone, the passing success rate allowed, or sorry, even with McCreary and Smoke Monday being there last year, the passing success rate, number 91, do you regress with new guys, or can Schmetting fix this up? Can he fix what their what their ailment was? The offense was not great last year, even with Bonix. Now they got to throw in Calzada and Ashford along with Finley. There's not a lot of optimism, but I think you can talk yourself into seven wins. I certainly did. I, I'm I've got this team at seven and five. Uh, my losses here: Penn State at Georgia, Arkansas at Mississippi State, and at Alabama. Like I think they can win at Ole Miss. I think they can beat LSU at home. Um, I think I've got them a win over Texas A&M. Like, I know that that sounds crazy, but there's always some interesting game where Jimbo kind of blows it, right? And this seems like one of those spots where, you know, it, it, how about this? Is 75 good enough? Is 75 a good enough record with a schedule like this that the boosters will get off Harson's back and let him operate this thing the way that he wants to? And I don't know the answer to that. I really don't. We'll move on. Our last team here, the LSU Tigers. First year for Brian Kelly. He takes over a team that has talent, but, man, there were a lot of holes, and he he fixed them up during the uh, transfer season, which seems to be all the time now for whatever reason. But regardless, uh, this team went 6-7 and seven last year, lost in the bowl game. They only had, like, 39 players in the bowl game. It was just ridiculous. Uh, post-game win expectancy, though, six and a half wins last year in the regular season. So as bad as they were, uh, they were still able to win ball games, and that may have been based on talent alone. Six and a half wins. I mean, just unbelievable. Uh, projected SP Plus record here, six and six. Last two years have not been kind to them. SP Plus takes prior years into account. Uh, when you look at the numbers, I mean, just... Number 74 PPA margin, number 85 in net points per drive. Uh, They were number 88 PPA per drive on offense. The defense was number 38. Defense is what kept them in the ballgames. This team, as loaded as they have been at running back, number 112 in rushing success rate last year. I mean, just putrid. Uh, They've got the number two defensive roster in the country, number three overall uh, overall roster in the country, at least per the guys over at CFB Winning Edge. There's a lot of talent here. I mean, just a bunch. You lose Eli Ricks to the transfer portal. You lose Max Johnson. You know, but they they got dudes. The new offensive coordinator, let's start with the offense. Mike Denbrock coming over from Cincinnati. He was uh, number 56 passing rate uh, 
while Kelly had the number 35 passing rate. Which scheme are they going to run? That's what I want to know because I think Denbrock likes to run the ball quite a bit more. You got a three-headed quarterback battle, and likely two. We'll we'll toss Nussmeyer out of here, but Daniels and Brennan. Which one is going to run the offense? If Denbrock runs his Cincinnati offense, Daniels is going to be the guy. Otherwise, Brennan is likely the guy for Brian Kelly. Uh, depends on how much they want to pass the ball. Butte and the wide receiver core are insanely talented, but not overly experienced. Uh, the running backs, you got Emory and the Penn State transfer, Noah Kane coming in. Uh, Emory has had a multitude of issues. I mean, he was highly rated coming out of high school, but it, it's not like he doesn't have the talent to do it. He just hasn't yet. Offensive line's only got three guys returning with 300-plus snaps, none of them over 353, so that's going to be a work in progress. But again, I trust Brian Kelly with an offensive line, so we'll see. On defense, Matt House is your new defensive coordinator. He was formerly the Kentucky D.C., was the Kansas City Chiefs linebackers coach for the last three years. He's going to run a three-man front there. Defensive line got an absurd talent. Allie Gay is coming back, surprisingly, along with Smith. Uh, B.J. Ojolari is going to be more of a linebacker here as opposed to playing on the line. Uh, He had seven sacks last year. Uh, Linebackers, Baskerville and Mike Jones, those guys certainly have talent. Secondary is going to be a work in progress here. You got five transfers, two back from injury, one returning starter. The prior numbers really don't matter here. Uh, For any segment of this team, whether it's offense or defense, considering all the new pieces that are coming in, all of the changeover as far as the coaching staff goes, this is going to be a building year. Like that's that's the way that I feel about it. They were projected favorites in nine games. Again, that's got a lot to do with talent. Seven of the games on the schedule are toss-ups, and those are games that are projected to be within one score. Looking at the win total, uh, it sits at seven, juiced to the under at minus one forty, which means that the over is plus one ten. Yeah, to win the conference, eighty to one division wide uh, division odds. Excuse me, thirty three to one. And looking at the keys to the season, like it's it's a building gear. You got to figure out who wants to be there, who wants to follow Kelly's way of doing things. Like I think seven wins would be a successful season here. Are they going to settle on one quarterback? Are they going to try and rotate Daniels and Brennan? Like, will they install a system that they would be willing to just throw out after one year? I don't think so. Like I think you're going to see whatever the offense is this year is what they're going to be running going forward. Um, there's insanely talented pieces at every position. But can they all gel in Kelly's first year? And I don't think so. I don't think they're all going to gel right away. Uh, I've got a loss to Texas A&M. I've got a loss to Alabama, at Florida, Tennessee, and at Auburn. Uh, But that gives wins over Ole Miss, wins at Arkansas. I think they'll beat UAB. I think they'll beat Mississippi State. Uh, I think they're going to beat Florida State in the first game of the season. So I I expect big things out of LSU. I don't think they're going to be great, but I think 7-5 and is pretty good. Uh, That once again gets us to every single SEC West team bowling this year, which is pretty I mean, this is a ridiculous, ridiculous conference when you look at it. So, yeah, 7-5 for LSU. I've got them right on where the odds are. So I I do like the team, but I think it's going to be a work in progress. Uh, This team is terrifying to me going forward. But as far as this year goes, going to be a lot of feeling out. Got to get the right culture in place there, etc. It's been a little bit finicky over the past however long. So, uh, with that said, we're going to get out of here. A little bit of a shorter show. You guys have been magnificent, wonderful. Subscribe to the YouTube channel if you've not already. 
Go ahead and make sure that you like this video if you have not. And uh, jump in the comments. I want to know your picks for the season. I want to know what you think these teams are going to do. And along with that, my goodness, uh, take care of yourself. Take care of each other. And hopefully, hopefully, all of your tickets cash this week. Thanks for listening to the Winning Cures Everything podcast. The website is winningcureseverything.com. And if you want to connect with us, we're on Twitter at GaryWCE, at ChrisBGiannini, at Winning Cures, or you can email us, Gary at winningcureseverything.com or Chris at winningcureseverything.com. Subscribe everywhere you need to subscribe, and we'll see you soon.